I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, May 21, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We had a pretty narrow ranging day. It was obviously a down day. And the question is, is the market being rejected here or is this just a little bit of a decline in a daily chart setup that's poised to go higher? These are the questions that we're going to address tonight. Both are on the table. The market can certainly fall apart and the market can certainly go higher. The only way to decipher what the highest probability scenario is going forward is to look at as many charts as we can, as many markets as we can, to get the clearest picture. We put all the puzzle pieces on the table, and then the picture will emerge. So as a result, what we're going to do today is we're going to look at short-term charts, we're going to look at charts leading us all the way through the daily chart, and we're going to see what the market is doing on all the different charts. It's not always doing the same thing depending on what chart you're looking at. That's why you have to find where the market is actually operating. What time frame is it operating off of? What is the dominant chart that the market is paying attention to at present? It changes, it rotates, but we have to find what the highest probability is going forward. We're going to do that. There's also a couple of other things that we have to pay attention to on the docket. What do we have this weekend? We're coming into a three-day holiday weekend. Monday is Memorial Day. And generally speaking, and this is a general statement, it's not something that happens or doesn't happen all the time. It's just something that happens a lot of the time. A lot of the time, the market will float sideways to higher leading into the three-day holiday weekend. That's not to say it will do that tomorrow. It's just an awareness that we should have. If, in fact, we find the market relatively quiet, positive, and it stays that way for the majority of the day tomorrow being Friday, you can expect, or I shouldn't say expect, but we can watch out for an end-of-the-day jam session at higher prices. It's way too premature now. It's the night before. I'm just saying it's an awareness These are the things that inside the numbers members, they get pinged with during the trading day. What are the awarenesses we have to have? What are the awarenesses based on where price is, based on what the chart is telling us, based on what the external factors are, the intangible, the sixth man on the bench? Another awareness that we have to have. All of a sudden, there was some news today that came out about the Chinese ADRs and how there's a chance that either they may be delisted through some regulation if they don't adhere to some accounting practices, which, by the way, they should. And on the flip side, some of them, some of the companies are saying, hey, they may leave the NASDAQ market or the New York Stock Exchange anyway. It's not what's happening with those individual companies that's important. It's what's happening between the U.S. and China That's important. We've had a trade war bubble up with China. We've had the coronavirus deal bubble up with China. We have economic differences with China. We have philosophical differences with China. This is country to country, not necessarily individual to individual. But it's an awareness that we have to have. And certainly, 
if the China stuff heats up again, they can kill the market on top of it. What jumps off the page on the daily chart? Well, there's a couple of things. We're hovering right underneath the 100 and 200 period moving average. The market just hasn't been able to get through or sustain any kind of rally up and above these moving averages. Does that mean the market is failing? No, it doesn't. And I want to address that because I think it's ultra, ultra important. Probably should use the word uber important. So here we go. You're hovering underneath the moving averages, but going sideways. So you're basically eating time off the clock, building energy to bust through. Why can we say that? Well, primarily because the market really hasn't been rejected away from these moving averages. A down day by a couple of bucks in the SPY, 20-25 handles in the ES contract or the S&P cash index isn't a big deal. It's not even 1% on the board. So when you look at it from that perspective, it really boils down to that's still normal garden variety market behavior. What else jumps off the chart? Well, the same spot that we talked about not only yesterday, but long before yesterday, which is this breakdown candle and the high, 294.24. And as long as they stay above that area, above that price on a daily chart closing basis. Now they closed below it once, but they got right back up. So we know that spot is important. It gives us somewhat of a bogey on the downside, at least something to pay attention to from a daily chart perspective. Now, let's say they were trading lower on Friday, and let's say they start closing hourly below 294.24. One hour, two hours, three hours. What's that telling us? It's telling us they're likely giving up 294.24. Again, we don't know that sitting here the night before. It's an awareness that you come into the trading day having in your back pocket. You have to show up every day in uniform, ready to go. So this is what we have on the S&P chart until and unless they start getting below and closing below 294.24. Unless they do that, then this is poised to have another push higher. Just because they're eating time off the clock, going back and forth doesn't mean they're failing they can fail it's just not that's just not what the chart is telling us at present here's where it's a good time to drill down to some shorter term intraday charts and let's work back up toward the daily chart let's look at a whole host of charts we'll look at a small bucket full of charts this way we get a sense for what the market is doing depending on the perspective of the time frame it's extremely important Keep this in mind. Keep it in your back pocket. Time is more important than price. Despite how people will argue that point, it is more important than price. I've been doing this long enough to have been taught that lesson the hard way. You don't want to heed that advice. That's up to you. Let's start with a 10-minute chart and let's get the lay of the land. Basically, it's pretty cut and dry. You're making a bearish, flaggish pattern, and this will come off and be obvious on the longer-term charts, but you can see here that the market was basically went down, and we've been developing a bearish, wedgish formation underneath the moving averages. So we're below all the moving averages except the 200-period moving average on this short-term chart. That's also bearish. It lends to the bearish behavior. Is there anything of a bullish nature on this chart? Other than the fact that you came up short of this gap here when they came down this afternoon or this morning 
to try and hit that gap, bounced away. And by the way, I'll make mention, if you've taken the lazy e-mini trader course and you're looking at this chart, then you completely and fully understand why the area around 294, maybe 294, 25 or 30 was absolutely a buying opportunity today. You had a whole host of things working in your favor. From inside the numbers, we were looking for a morning low. Mid-morning, late morning, either way, we're looking for a morning low. Then you had what the chart did based on the teachings in the Lazy E-Mini Trader course. And I'm not going to go into that here, but if you've taken the course, then you'll know what I'm looking at when I say time is more important than price. So you had that going. You came up short of a gap. We know what happens when you come up short of a gap. Not every time, but a lot of the time, it's a bullish sign in when you come up short of a gap on the way down. When you come up short of a gap on the way up, it could work in the opposite direction, meaning a bearish stance. So you're trying to fill a gap, rising, prices rising up to a gap. You miss the gap and price starts to fall away. That's bearish. That's a sign of weakness. This case, you have a gap right here at 293.15 and you make a low of 293.69 turn around time was more important than price so that for inside the numbers provided a pretty decent bounce a pretty decent trade just for kicks we switch over for a second to inside the numbers and you'll see at the 11:30 post for those traders who are familiar with the teachings in the course take a look at the 10 minute chart and think about the morning low mentioned earlier so I'm giving you both things in one sentence. If they're going to do it, meaning hold the low, this would be the time. Time is more important than price. So we have the bull stuff and the bear stuff on the 10-minute chart. And I would have to say that the bear stuff wins out as long as they're below these moving averages. And you see this breakdown candle? Until and unless they get above the high of that breakdown candle, no dice. What's the high? 296. What's a number that we were looking at from inside the numbers, not only yesterday, but also today? 296. Also 297. No surprise. Numbers aren't just good for one day. Sometimes they are, but they tend to repeat as long as price is hanging around these numbers within a reasonable distance. They tend to be important for a period of time. If you've been around here for a while, you've seen that develop and work over time. Is the 15-minute chart telling us anything different? Now, take notice also where that gap is on the 15-minute chart. There's gaps on all the charts. They're not all the same gaps. So when you see me or inside the numbers members see me plug a number in that's a gap and I say, here's a gap at X number. And then I get some emails saying, hey, I don't find that gap. Where's the gap? Well, you're not looking at the same chart I am, most likely. And that's what sets this apart from some other stuff, which is I'm looking at dozens of charts not dozens of charts in the SPY but I'm looking at dozens of charts across the board I'm looking at six or seven SPY charts all the time why so I can see what's going on what's going on on a 10-minute chart isn't necessarily what's going on on an hourly chart or something else but is this chart the 15-minute chart any different than the 10-minute no it's a little bit tighter but it's telling us the same thing it's really got the bearish tone as we go up the chain, same routine. By the way, here's a gap on a 30-minute chart, and the gap is all the way at 294.80. That was the gap we were looking at from inside the numbers based on the hourly chart. Same gap number shows up on the 30-minute chart. 
This is bearish. It's a bearish flaggish wedgish pattern until and unless they get above the high of this breakdown candle, 285, pardon me, 295.83, no dice. You see, they tried it. When they try it and fail, they're either going to do it or they're going to fail. Right now, they're failing until further notice. Now we look at the hourly chart. By the way, we don't need this anymore. I didn't need to tell you that. I could have just taken it off the chart. But when you're on live television, apparently the mouse is connected to your mouth. What do we have on the hourly chart? Well, on the north side, it's the same routine. Until and unless we can get above 296.80 and close at least one hour above that number, again, no dice. So what's the alternative? The alternative is it's a bearish, flaggish, wedgish type of formation. What is that going to tell us? What it's likely telling us is that price wants to go lower to do what? Well, out of this pattern here, from a symmetrical standpoint, and again, that's something that we don't talk about a lot in here, but it's discussed in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Why is that? Because we use market symmetry to our advantage, not only for exits on trade, but also for entries on trades. Not alone, not meaning symmetry alone, but when symmetry shows up with other stuff that we look at, when the reasons for the trade start to stack up, that's how we're leaning the probabilities in our favor, and symmetry is one of those things that goes into the stack. Well, from a symmetrical standpoint, it really has the market pointed down to test this double bottom area here. The low happens to be right around 292. We'll round it to 292 for argument's sake. It's 291.95. The question is, is that a death sentence for the market? Will that be the beginning of a multi-leg down move, multi-day, something more than that down move in the market? Or is it a test? Would they just be running a simple test, turn back around, and go in the northern direction? Well, you can't tell that from this chart. Nothing on this chart would say that. All you can tell from this chart is the market is pointing lower. By the way, what happens if they get above this 20-period moving average? And I'm not even talking about tomorrow, for example. I'm just talking about in general. The market's open, the market's trading, we have a hypothetical situation going on here. Price starts to get above the 20-period moving average. Does that mean hop on board on the bullish side? What would they likely be doing? What they would likely be doing is running a test of the breakdown candle high. Now, short-term traders, scalp traders, sure, you can hop on board and trade it up to the breakdown candle high if you like. That's the lower probability trade from the next one I'm going to discuss. The higher probability trade would be on the first run of a breakdown candle high or a breakup candle low, you're likely to get a reaction in the other direction. Second time, third time, 10th time, not so much. What about the 120-minute chart? Well, once the 120-minute chart populates the screen, I start to look a little bit differently at the stuff. I start to see more of the bigger picture, but I also see the short-term picture as well that was just seen on the shorter-term charts. So shorter term, you have the same routine. It's a bearish, wedgish, flaggish thing. Come down into the 20 period moving average, test double bottom, maybe more, maybe not. But that's what the chart is saying. But what I also see when I look at the 120 minute chart and I can't help but see it, I still see, whoops, I need a pen. I still see this thing going on where you had a big up move on the gap higher and the market's been 
trading in a range going back and forth, eating time off the clock, doing what? Building energy. So the fact that they go to the bottom of the range doesn't mean collapse. It means they're going to the bottom of the range. That's if the intention is to go back up again. Now, if they come back below this low and they bust this range, that's something different. That all of a sudden brings into view the gap, right? Getting below here and closing these candles below there ends up bringing this or putting that on the table. That's just the way the market works. Doesn't mean they're going to go right there in the next 15 minutes, but it opens the door. Now what happens when we stretch it out and we look at a 240-minute chart? Is there anything bearish going on right here? Not really, but for the bull case, you just want them to stay as high as possible, but all they're doing is eating time off the clock. That's it. Now, if they come down and they break this low here at 291.95, same low from before, and they come into the 20-period moving average, again, not a death sentence. They'll probably want to fill the gap closing below this low. But again, until and unless they do that, this is just a bull flag pattern eating time off the clock. That's it. That's the read on the 240-minute chart. There's no alternative on this chart. And then you come back to the daily chart, and what do we have? We have a market that just can't yet get through the moving averages. It's working on it. Hasn't been rejected yet. This is the umpire. This is looking at both sides of the coin, looking at the market objectively, and saying, here's what they're doing, and if they do this, then this will happen. And if they do this, then this will happen. What a lot of traders are looking for is, hey, the market's going to absolutely do this tomorrow. It would be nice but the reality is most of you understand that that just doesn't happen. If I say the market's going to do X tomorrow and the market does X, I look smart. It looks like I was right. But in a sense, even though I might see something on a chart, I don't know how they're going to open them up in the morning. And guess what? It's exactly that. Just a guess going from one day to the next, telling you exactly what they're going to do the following day. Doesn't work that way. What I can tell you is this is a bullish pattern until it's not. We know where it's not. It's not below 291.95. Below that number, the whole flaggish thing goes out the window because the gap comes onto the table. Here's another awareness for us. Regardless of what the market is going to do, if the market's going to get killed and the S&P is going to go down 100 handles tomorrow or next week or whatever it is, or the opposite is true and it's going to go up tomorrow or next week, they never make it obvious, they never make it easy, and more often than not, the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew try and make it look like they're doing something exactly different or exactly the opposite of what they're actually going to do when they get going to do the thing they want to do. I know that sounds like a bunch of hocus pocus, but it's absolutely the case. Let's check out the rest of Inside the Numbers. What I'm going to do here is run through the notes. I'm not going to pick them apart for you. Basically, I'm going to give you the bottom line. I'll scroll up. You can start and stop the video whenever you like. I urge you, if you're interested, to read the notes and then go back to the chart to see what happened. Bottom line is the market was basically quiet all day long. It started to trade down quiet in the first part of the day, first hour, I should say. Sorry about that. But the market, all of a sudden, at the turn of the hour, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, all of a sudden, they pulled the rug out. They waited for an important spot, 
and they waited for time. Why did they wait until the hour closed? I can't answer that, but that's what they did. Why is that important? Because what we see from inside the numbers members, we'll see this, we see the market try to get to or absolutely get to some of these important numbers around the close or the opening of the following hour. Why did they do that? Your guess is as good as mine. I don't have the phone number or email address of anybody on the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate team. So check out the 1002 post for argument's sake. It's really quiet and the market is thinking about it. Thinking about what? Going up or going down? Signals point up. Now think about what I said before. Trick and company always lurking. So I'm aware that even though it looks like they want to go up, that doesn't mean they're going to go up. Looks like doesn't cut it. So for now, SPY 296.27 is the bogey. It's about 297 at present. We had 297 yesterday. We had 297 today. Let's continue moving along. Now you can see the 1030 post. The hour closed at 296.79. Further evidence, the number, meaning 297, is important. Not ready yet. Not going to do it. Still okay above the low of day. Let's continue moving along. And then the rest, you know what happened, so I'm not going to read it to you. I urge you to read this stuff if you're at all actively trading during the trading day. We've already seen this, the 1130 post. That was about the trade we went over earlier. Current resistance, 295. That's at 1130 in the morning. The market's centered around 295. That's the horizontal line all day long. If it's important and they closed below it, it should be a tell that lower prices are on the docket. Let's continue moving along. Then what we're going to do is take a look at the stocks on the move stuff because it's more exciting over there than the S&P was all day long. Now we start talking about the hourly chart pattern, which we just did at length. And then you run into the end of the day. See a couple of late trades on the board. They didn't happen at three o'clock, but we had a couple of secondary price targets hit in the afternoon because the market sold off. So it dragged stocks down with it doing what? providing opportunity for traders that were pre-prepared. Let's take a look at the list. Stocks on the move. The first four on the board, BSX, H-U-Y-A, B-B-Y, and I-N-O. We're going to take a look at the charts because there is lesson to be learned on some of these charts. So here we go. First price target was 35.28 on BSX. So you can see what happened, getting a pretty decent haircut slash buzz cut at the open, but the stock pulled up short of the price. You can see in this candle, the low is 35.32. This candle, it was 35.31. Then they finally come into it and it held for a while, but they ate time off the clock. What's that telling us? It's telling us the destination was the second price. So the fact that it came up short, some traders would shy away from this. Some traders would take this trade anyway. They got a little bit out of it. They had to wait. They saw the breakdown. Here's the second price, 34.50. That was an absolute home run. And I don't mean home run from a rocket ride perspective. It's not like it went up four bucks or anything. But look what happened. What was the low of day? 34.45 against the buy price of 34.50 put on the board at 7.30 in the morning. Are you kidding me? More than a 3% gain from low to high. How about H-U-Y-A? This is a classic example of a no trade. Why is that? I'm going to explain it. So here comes the haircut. First candle of the day, at least in this five-minute chart, the low is 17.16. You come up three cents short 
and have a tremendous rally away from that price. The high was 1782. On a percentage basis, that's tremendous. In minutes, that's it. The trade's over. You don't want that price the second go around because we know what happens more often than not. This happens where it doesn't work the second time around. I got some emails on this one and maybe traders weren't aware of that fact, but that is the fact. How about Best Buy? How you doing? So first candle of the day, the low happens to be 78.48. The rocket ride by 9.40 in the morning was 81.91. Traders took profit wherever they felt like it. Some held on for a bunch. Some took it too early, according to them, and I get that. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. This was a gift horse. You don't know which ones are going to provide the rocket ride. This was one of the trades where when you went to put the order in to get out, you just got a better price by default. Second entry on the board, 7.30 in the morning, 77.19. What was the low over here? 76.88. What happened after that? That's it. That was low a day. You got a twofer on Best Buy. The trades buy the new big screen television. This one was pretty garden variety, I-N-O, 14.56 was the entry. You see what happened, hits the entry, pops back up, makes a high of 15.18. That's a whopper from a percentage basis. Comes back down to what? The second number, 13.99. What happens? Finds stability, makes a low of day at 13.90, trades higher. These stocks are headed to a destination. They're not a falling knife. Sometimes I get the destination wrong. That's when it looks like a falling knife. But there's really just two options with these stocks. Option number one is, goes to the destination, turns around, goes back home. Goes back in the northern direction in these cases. The second option is, goes to the destination, hangs around for a cup of coffee because there's another destination in mind, like this one. So it gives you the trade, goes back to the destination, goes to the second destination. How about the IWM? What's going on in Camp IWM? This is interesting in and of itself. So we have the S&P 500 that's down. Now, other than me and some of you, is anybody paying attention to the IWM? It was up most of the day. So it finished down 16 cents. That's flat. That's a rounding error. So why isn't the IWM collapsing if the market's going to collapse? It should be. Maybe it's a rope-a-dope. It's a divergence, and the divergences, as we know, they'll catch up with each other. So either the SPY is going to catch up with the IWM, which if it is, in fact, the leading indicator that I love it to be, it's my first favorite market leading indicator, then the S&P should catch up on the upside with the IWM. If, in fact, the divergence is going to be the IWM catches up with the S&P, then you're going to see a nice big down day with the IWM tomorrow. Transports. It was a tweener, so it wasn't up, but it wasn't really down near as much as the S&P, so it was a tweener. What's it telling us? Nothing. It just basically went sideways, ate some time off the clock today in a rather narrow range. It's called an inside day. What's an inside day? An inside day is an inside day to yesterday's high and low range. Uh Uh-oh, what about the Qs? It's a reversal day to yesterday, isn't it? Well, technically, yes, it is. Now they're going to want to come and fill this gap down here, aren't they? Yes, they are. Is there any damage done on this chart? No, there's not. What do we always say about the 20-period moving average? I haven't said it in a while, so let's bring something, a blast from the past, we'll dust it off and bring it back. The market never likes to get too far away from home base. 
What's home base? The 20 period moving average. So is there any trouble if the market wants to come back toward home base as the same time home base is creeping up toward price? Home base is the 20, the 20 is the red trend line. There's no trouble on this chart. The Qs were down $2.85, 1.2%. We're not going to read anything more into it than that. How about the XLF? Here's another tell of the market. We know that the financials is a big part of the S&P 500. Makes up a big part. It's also a very important part, which means that the S&P isn't going to get very far without the financials going along or leading it along. So they were pretty much flat today. And I'm not calling half a percent flat. What I'm calling flat is it was basically just eating time off the clock above the 20-period moving average in the same spot they were in yesterday. That's what I mean by flat. I probably used the term out of place, but since I explained it, I get a mulligan. Smash mouth. Got smashed today down over 2%. So we have to take notice of this. This is a leading indication for the tech space. Does this tie to China at all with some of that news out of China? Yeah, there's a lot of semiconductor tech stuff wrapped around China. Doesn't matter what the reason is, doesn't matter what the news is, what does matter is down three bucks, over 2%, going to fill the gap, most likely. However, still high in the chart, it's really the same story we just discussed with the Qs. As long as they're above all the moving averages, there's really no problem with the semis. They can have a down day, they can have a couple of down days. That doesn't mean the market is falling apart. Everything has to be put in perspective. Again, we're looking at all this stuff from a bigger picture perspective, giving you the tools to be the umpire. Speaking of you, have I told you how much I appreciate you and that without you, these videos are not possible? That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense market analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit mystrategicforecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.